Hello everyone, this is Oscar. Welcome to Room for Pleasure. Growing up, we tend to build our sexual reality on what we hear from our social environment. But we are all unique and our needs are different. I believe normalizing talking about pleasure and sex and hearing other people's stories can inspire many of us to discover and embrace our sexuality. That's why I sit down with people I met in Lisbon to talk about in which ways they're experiencing pleasure. Hello everyone, welcome to Room for Pleasure. Today I have Anna with me. Uh, she's a mind-body freedom coach. And yes, I'm so happy to have her. And I would like you, actually, Anna, to, you know, like jump in and tell us a bit about your journey. First of all, who are you and how you became a coach? Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Okay, so my coaching journey began a few years ago, officially, but I didn't know that I was preparing for coaching way back when. Um, I was experiencing quite a lot of um, what you might say um, stuckness and a real difficult time in my life, which led me through the work of inner work, self-development. And then originally, um, one of the things that came up for me was emotional binge eating. So that's where a lot of my pain was directed towards that symptom. And underneath all of that was a lot of disharmony when it came to my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, which then through doing a lot of the work, working with my own coaches, my own mentors, I then stepped in to do coaching myself because I had such a profound effect on me. And I saw how having the support and being able to ask for the support, how life-changing it can be and how it can really change the complete trajectory of your life. And the best way that I can describe mind-body freedom is being fully alive to what's present in the world and to your outside world, but mostly your inside world and really truly understanding yourself and being able to express yourself in a way that you feel is comfortable, but also feels really expansive for you. And it feels really energizing and it feels really courageous. And as a result of that, you get to really go after the things that you really desire with no fears attached to them that are going to stop you. That sounds amazing and amazing that you are opening up that space for other women, actually. Uh, wow, yes. Okay, but then, yeah, just to get a bit more impersonal, so, like, where are you from and how was your journey? Maybe, I don't know, if you would like to touch a bit on your, like, childhood and how did it, like, evolve and eventually become somewhere like here maybe just like little yeah so I am eastern european by background my mum and my dad born in poland but I was born in the uk which is where I currently am for the next two weeks until I make a bigger move to lisbon uh, for the foreseeable which I'm super excited about uh, my childhood you know it's an interesting one I don't remember much of it in full honesty there's a lot of memory blanks And a lot of that was being raised in a household where there wasn't a lot of emotional support. Um, my mum wasn't emotionally available and my dad left when I was 12. So there was a lot of disconnect to my actual emotions. And 
what it also meant is that like from a mental level, like I shut down, I completely like disassociated and I had an eating disorder by the age of 12, which I back then didn't know was an eating disorder. I just didn't have an appetite. So my body was holding on to a lot of stress. Um, it wasn't all doom and gloom. I was a very adventurous child, very curious, um, very loving, very creative, I would say, in my imagination, but also in the way in which I would want to be in the world. I was very like deep and wanting, um, wanting to know the big questions of like, why are we here? What are we? Who are we? Um, and really interested in the ocean and the universe and the, the big unknowns, basically. That sounds so nice. Thank you so much for sharing with me. Um, yeah, then maybe I can start uh, from the coaching side, actually. And yeah, we tend to have these negative thoughts, obviously, in our minds, and then we are sticking to them. And then, as I understood, you are helping people to get rid of them eventually to like have a freedom yes. and like if I ask you uh, what are like the most common negative thoughts that uh, you see your clients are stuck and yeah how do you help them to get over these yeah I think one of the one of the key things to understand about our thoughts is like a lot of them we're not very aware of so we'll have a lot of thoughts that are in the background that are running that are in our subconscious essentially and what it means is that the ones that we do catch we don't really tend to um give a lot of emphasis to because they're running so fast um but the ones that i find that my clients ruminate on and get really really stuck on is there's something wrong with me i'm not good enough um I'm lazy, I can't stop eating, um, I don't have any control over myself, nobody likes me, nobody wants me. They're kind of like the the running themes. Um, and essentially they're all centered on this um, lack of self-worth. And underneath that at the root is a real deep desire to connect and belong. I see, yeah. I think we tend to like... All of us just, you know, uh, like punish and try to find the wrong sides always within ourselves. And then it makes us like go deeper and deeper. So, yeah, I can totally relate. Um, then if I jump back to you and ask you like about your own, let's say, tools, um, let's say like self-care activities or your routines to, you know, that makes you feel energized or get back to your vibe like what kind of things do you have for yourself mm, I love this question and you know self-care is such a throw out word out there because self-care isn't massages or getting your nails done or you know getting your hair done or going on a night out and those things are great because they're all part of like us treating ourselves and essentially giving ourselves some attention uh, but when I talk about self-care to my clients it's very much about self-care is choosing you. Self-care is being able to say no to other people so that you can say a big fat yes to yourself. Self-care is about being so grounded in your truth and so centered in your body and your own knowingness that you know 
what feels good for you. So when something comes to you, your body can physically feel it. And because of the self-care and the understanding and the mental nourishment that is practiced on a daily basis, what it means is you get to discern, is this effective for me in this right now moment? Or am I people pleasing? Or am I chasing something that I think is going to give me the thing that I really want, the, the emotion, the feeling of joy, the feeling of satisfaction, the feeling of pleasure? So I think it's really really about discerning what self-care actually is and are we being in integrity with ourselves and actually practicing true self-care or constantly going to the things that we have read in magazines, you know, is leading that. So in answer to your question, um, self-care practice to me is when we are in this deep place of feeling like we're in self-doubt or we're in this negative mindset or we're feeling like the whole world is crashing on us. And it could even just be like a really stressful day and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling procrastination. Being able to just sit in it and allow it is one of the best things that you can do for yourself because your body is experiencing something, an emotion, and you get to allow it in your body, not, oh, I'm going to jump over here and go on Netflix, or I'm going to go and grab a glass of wine, or I'm going to go and busy myself and speak to someone on the phone. It's about really allowing what's present for you in your body and just allowing, allowing, allowing. So that's one of the number one tools is don't override your system when you're in a stress response. Another self-care practice that I love to offer out and I love to do myself is to just be in constant curiosity. Just be curious about what you're thinking and what you're feeling and not try to attach a, it must be this. Like I'm feeling like this because that person said that thing or I'm feeling tired. It's because, you know, I had a late night. Yes, maybe maybe not. So it's about really being in that curious mindset because being in that curious mindset opens yourself up the the possibility of allowing the emotion to move because you're not trying to logically find your way in and out of something. But also you just get to just be with it and just be really curious and just allow for it to dissipate. Yes, I loved this like explanation and your whole point of view, actually, as you say, like when we are angry, for example, when you say, I'm so pissed, I'm angry. And it's just like, that's it. Mm. But if you ask or if we ask like, okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling anger. Okay, but why am I feeling anger? And then other questions coming in. And then yeah, it goes to somewhere like much more positive, actually, because you're able to uh, like understand yourself. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, definitely. And just speaking into that as well, you know, that's the, the way that our minds have been conditioned is that we need to find an answer for everything. I'm angry because of this, this, and this. Just allow the anger. It's as simple as that. Just, I'm angry. Be angry. And then not give it too much of a story. Yes, we get to be really understanding of ourselves, but we don't want to 
sit in the experience, sit in the emotion, because emotions only last for 90 seconds, essentially. But by our minds, we can sit in that so much longer and remain stuck and lodged in the emotion and further add energy to it, wronging ourselves, wronging the experience, wronging the person who might have been connected to the experience. But actually, everything is always working out for us. If we allow ourselves to just be in the experience and navigate ourselves through it, doesn't mean to say that it's going to be an enjoyable experience, but it just gets to be something that we move through, we live through, and we learn from it. And like when you said, they just uh, last for 90 seconds, like how actually comforting it is just to know, like uh, hear this from someone, you know, because when we are in it, we usually just, of course, don't realize and then, uh, yeah, just go crazy. Yes, yeah, and that further creates that feeling, right, of... Um, being in discomfort, being in nervousness, anxiousness, stress, whatever the thing that you want to attach to it, what you're experiencing in that right moment. But actually, if we just be in the experience and not give any head labeling to it, just be like, oh, I'm angry and I get to move it. And it might mean breathing. It might mean doing full diaphragmatic breaths right from the belly because most of the time a lot of people are just breathing from up here and less oxygen equals less options so actually when we just allow ourselves to be in full breath we actually give the body more capacity to just move that energy and move the emotion through the body and tapping is a really good way tapping around the body just so that you're staying connected to the body and allowing the body to just be in movement Um, and shaking is really good screaming and obviously naturally crying Like crying is a natural human emotion and social conditioning has it that if we see someone crying, we have to like hold them and hug them down. But actually when we're doing that, we're actually not allowing for the emotion and the the energy of that human reaction to just move. We're actually suppressing it more. Um, And sometimes we don't want to go near someone who's crying because it's almost like it's contagious or there's something wrong or we need to put them into some sort of like victim mentality, like poor them, there's something wrong with them, something's not right. And there's all this social conditioning and that feeds into the energy and it actually puts people in this space of like, I don't want to cry because I don't want to burden other people. I don't want other people to feel like they have to do something for me or feel sorry for me. So being able to just allow ourselves the crying, the shaking, saying the words that we really want to say, but we feel like we shouldn't say because they're not PC or they're not socially acceptable. So just being allowed to be what we want to do at any moment in time. Obviously, we don't want to be in this place where we're super aggressive or we're reacting to other people, or we're projecting onto other people. That's a different thing entirely. But we really get to be in our own human experience and give ourselves grace for it. Yes, thank you so much. Actually, that was really inspiring. And that made me thought, um, I'm someone who enjoys dancing a lot, and it's usually it makes me much more happier. And like, even if I'm in a good mood, it you know like puts on top. And when I'm sad, like crying, uh, you know, going through difficult emotions, sometimes I'm just like, 
okay, but I still want to dance. Like, even if it's a sad dance, I want to move my body. And I was always thinking, like, if someone would see me, they would think I'm insane because, you know, I'm doing sad dance, like just, you know, trying to get off. But the example you gave, like how we actually are in the need for opening up our bodies for more oxygen, maybe. I don't know. Okay, now that it clicked now for me. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I love that. And dancing, absolutely. And dancing is like, it's a freedom movement right? These days we see dancing as this thing that we do together, or we go and celebrate music, or we go and like dance with somebody else, like as an attraction or as like um, a group thing, a connection thing. Yes, yes, and yes to all of those things, right? But dancing is actually the body's natural way of moving energy, right? And I think a lot of the time we're in fear of how we dance or how other people see us dance. So actually being in your own body and just being in your full expression of dance unapologetically is one of the most beautiful things that you can do to allow yourself to be as you are in that moment in time. And there doesn't have to be like, I am dancing because I'm sad and I want to not be sad. It can just be, I'm dancing because I'm alive. And whatever emotion I am in is fully, fully acceptable. Yes, I love that. Um, Okay, from there, actually, I would like to go back to you and ask you about what does sex mean to you when I say sex? Uh, Yes, what does it mean to you? Mm, Beautiful. I love this question. Sex is unionship. It's a experience. And I think there's a difference between sex and sensuality. But sex in its essence is an experience that we get to receive from self or with others as well. And the obvious is the reproduction element as well. So, um, yeah, I think there's two polarities to, to sex. It's the sex with the attachment of what we receive and then the sex with the um intention of actually procreating i loved it again i'm like (laughs) from all your answers i'm like sitting and thinking processing it (laughs) thank you so much it's really like really nice to hear from you uh, this different perspective okay so you mentioned this and then about uh, body awareness actually how do you feel about yourself like how has been your journey um like getting to know yourself do you feel comfortable do you think there is a you know a long way to go how do you feel about this connection with your body and like let's say your pleasure points and mm. um, my journey with my body has been really interesting um i would say that for the most part of my early um childhood and my teens I was very ashamed of my body. Um, I thought something was wrong with my body. It wasn't developing at the rate in which other children's bodies were developing at. And I was actually a real late starter. So when people would say to me, oh, how old are you? Or you're really skinny for your age. And I'd clearly look at other girls and other girls were like more womanly shaped. So I grew up with this real like disliking for my body because it wasn't in comparison to what other girls were um, visually looking like. And 
being a late starter with the with the eating disorder meant that I was just holding on to a lot of stress. So I, I was essentially super disconnected to my body. And I think when I started to go into my 20s and I was going out and I was socializing and I still hadn't dealt with the emotional elements of um, my emotional body and my emotional health and my emotional experiences, going into binge eating and emotional eating and then binge drinking as well, um, I created a lot of disharmony in my body. And as a result, my body might have been in a better state, maybe. But I think what happened was, is I had a lack of respect for it in its, in, in true essence. And lack of respect for my body meant lack of love for myself because we've been gifted these vessels to transport us through this incredible human experience that no one can really even, you know, explain why we are here. And through all of the disconnect with my emotions, through all of like the mental disarray and the experiences that were happening to me that I couldn't make sense of and I was storing all of that stress in my body, it meant that I was mistreating it in so many ways and also talking to it so unkindly. I remember I would be looking in the mirror and I would be like, I hate my legs. My boobs aren't big enough. I'm too short. I'm skinny on top and fat on the bottom. I had cystic acne. So every day I would look in the mirror and I would just hate my skin so much. And all of that is essentially self-harm, is like this way of like mentally scarring myself and sending these messages to my body that were essentially saying, I don't like you. So when I started to really like sit with myself and say to myself, you get to love yourself more. That was a real turning point for me because I have only got this one body and I have this incredible body that does this amazing stuff every single day and a heart that's been beaten that just wants to be used. It wants me to live. So when I started to like really support and nourish myself, like eating the most beautiful foods, drinking incredible water and really allowing my body to be where it is at at any moment in time, my body has been repaying me in so many ways for it. I feel energized. I feel alive. It feels like my body is so connected to me that it tells me the way to go in life. Yes, I'm just now curious about actually if it's too personal, of course, we can skip, but like how uh, did you come to that mindset? Like what was your fire starter uh, coming like from there to going into that mindset, let's say? Yes, of course, I don't mind sharing. So the real catalyst for me was being in a relationship that was really toxic and that relationship really flipped me upside down in the best possible way. It's one of those situations that when you're in it, you have so much resentment towards the other person and you're blaming the other person and you can't see your own fault in it. And then you step out of it 
and you choose you. And that choosing me and disconnecting from that relationship was one of the most powerful things I did for myself. And I said to myself, if I can break free of that relationship, I can do anything. And how do I get to choose me every single day? Well, it's my health, which is the most important thing that I actually have is like this being, this vessel mentally, emotionally, and physically is like, how do I choose those elements before anything and anyone choosing self? Thank you so much again for sharing openly uh, with me. Um, and I'm glad that it turned out to something beautiful in the end, finally, and it's made you like freer and of course, m more in touch with yourself. Um, yeah, because you mentioned uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, like, um, how do you look like approaching sexual health and sa uh, safety in relationships? And like, what do you do to protect yourself uh, and also, also your partners like to communicate this within any relationship or like this can be even with friendships as well, because I think that's like very similar, uh, but within partnerships, within friendships, like. Uh, how do you protect yourself emotionally and how do you set boundaries? Mm, I love this question. So I think it's really important to be really crystal clear on what you want and what you don't want and what you'd like and what you don't like. And that goes from sex to how you spend your time, right? In all the different facets is just being really, really understanding. This comes back to that self-awareness piece of like knowing This doesn't feel good for me. And it's that connected to body doesn't feel good. And really being in this space of activating your voice and just having the heart courage to speak your truth to that person in a non-violent communication kind of way and non-aggressive ways. Like this is something that is really, really important to me. And it would mean a lot if you met me here with x y and z and whatever the case may be whatever it is that you really desire um so having really really solid beautiful high standards for all of the different areas of your life is so important and i think it's especially important when it comes to relationships when it comes to romantic relationships and friendships because our, our interconnection with other people plays such an important part on our emotional well-being and our actual like innate desire to be in connection with the world and be grounded and be living the ex human experience we're pack animals essentially right so getting really crystal clear on those things is super important because some people might think they have boundaries but when I ask them what are your boundaries they're like I don't know right so being able to be in your truth is essentially boundaries that's a yes for me that's a no and being fully in ownership and self-confidence in being able to say that's a no for me and that's okay being grounded in that piece not then walking away and being like what do they think about me are they gonna hate me I should have said yes why did why didn't I say yes I could have made the time I should have done the thing but no it was a solid no and that's okay it gets to be the solid no 
And you get to walk away with integrity and dignity being in that it was a solid no for me and that is okay. Yeah, I think it's so important to be comfortable within our no's. And yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. And uh, like, I also want to ask, like, how has your understanding of sexuality and pleasure evolved over time? Mm. Um, And yeah, when you think back, like maybe uh, what would you say to younger Anna? Uh, What would you like to say to her? So it's a really interesting question. And this space continuously gets to be this place where I am unfolding and learning into. And I always trust in divine aligned timing and having this question right now where I'm in this space of like delving deeper into this work of like what my sexuality looks like, what my sensuality looks like, what my pleasure is, and how do I cultivate more of it unapologetically? So, you know, I was definitely raised thinking that sex was this taboo subject and it was never really fully explained to me. And essentially like my view younger was that sex was for men even though it wasn't as in like I'm used for it in that capacity but it was definitely um, a pleasure him piece versus I get to experience sex and I get to enjoy it and I get to have fun and play with it and I actually get to ask for what I want and know what I want as well so that whole piece has definitely shifted over the years. And it's actually a piece of like, oh, it turned into like quite the opposite of like, only I get to experience pleasure now, right? So there's this like flip that experienced and it's this like hyper masculinity and controlling like tendency in me that I was exposed to like throughout my 20s and early 30s. And now it's this place of like, where do we get to be in this um beautiful dance of experiencing something that is so natural and something that we have been gifted by God's spirit, whoever it is that you actually um, have faith within. But we actually get to experience it because it's a gift, just like life is, just like anger is a gift, just like sadness is a gift. It's something that we actually get to experience in our body versus in our heads. And So that's where I kind of stand on the whole sex point of view versus now versus then. And sensuality is definitely something that I get to experience from my feminine. It's like, well, how do I trust? How do I move? How do I play? How do I insert pleasure into the mundane? Like it's not essentially connected to sex or to anything that's in that arena, but it's like sensuality to me is like, how do I get to have pleasure in the micro moments of every single day and make the mundane feel fully alive and I'm I'm at it from my sensual being I'm at it from that energetic source of where it comes with no attachment it's not to receive or gain anything essentially or a result of anything it's just this thing that I'm being present with in that very moment and what I would say to my younger self is to not be afraid of sensuality or sex, or the masculine as well. The masculine in me and the masculine in others as well. Yeah. 
And um, okay, I think it's now the good timing. Just after this question, I would like to ask uh, our big question. What does pleasure mean to you? Mm. Pleasure means experience in life. And one of the key things is not being attached to pleasure in the ways in which we think pleasure should look like. Can you be in pleasure in that first two, three seconds of the day when you wake up? Can you experience the pleasure of, I've woken up on this experience, on this moving planet, and I'm alive. Can you find the pleasure in that? Can you find the pleasure in getting undressed in you know, in your body, feeling your body and putting new clothes on for the day? Can you find pleasure in the cup of coffee that you have in the morning, you know, in the interactions with people? So pleasure to me doesn't stop at any one particular place or experience. It's something that is available to us at any given moment if we choose. That's amazing. And even like I was, when I was listening to your examples, it makes me feel more energetic and like hopeful. It's so nice to think in that way. Mm, love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for joining me today, Anna. Great to with you. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've loved it. And I love your questions as well. So I appreciate them. They've, um, they've made me feel really energized. So thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.